What are you chewing on? A podcast. Did you bring enough for the whole class? Uh, it's manners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm I'm not quite sure why we're at the bottom of a canyon. Oh, see, that's what you thought. I thought it was like soaring through the clouds. Oh. That's how I picture it. I see. Teresa and I are both a little under the weather today. Mostly the seasonal change stuff. The seasons. But you know what? We wouldn't miss it. We, would, we wouldn't miss being here for anything because it's Max Fun Drive Week 2. This is, well, it's almost your last chance. This is, We're hopefully going to have this out Thursday. But Friday's your last chance to become a Max Fun Drive 2019 member uh, by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. You can become a new member or you can upgrade a previous do, uh, donor level. Uh, and when you do, you get awesome rewards and our eternal gratitude, and we'll tell you so much more about that. But today, what are we even talking about, Teresa? Well, today we're going to talk about chewing gum and chewing candy gums. by extension, but mostly chewing gum. Chewing gum. Now, Travis McElroy, Ooh. you have actually started chewing a lot less gum since you got your Invisalign, yeah, the Invisalign's do make it hard. Would pull them right out of there. <laughs> now, in general, I've, 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 uh, I don't chew as much gum as I used to because as I get older, it makes my jaw sore. Yeah, see, here's the thing for me too. I have TMJ problems, um, and so I, I occasionally deign to chew gum if my my breath is particularly foul. Or if I am in an airplane taking off or landing. Um, also, just in general, we have to be careful uh, with in regards to any kind of candy in our household if BB is around because she's like a velociraptor <laughs> and like she'll hear like a wrapper crinkle or like even if we just open the wrong cabinet, her head just like pops up and she D? just starts saying, D? 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 And it becomes more and more fevered <laughs> um, or worse. Uh, oddly logical and calm where you're like what do you want for lunch and she goes hmm D D? and you're like no no D (laughs) and she goes hmm D D I'm like no it's still not D anyways (laughs) so we have to be careful we can't even like reference candy in like a book we're reading or if it's on TV it's a whole thing kid likes candy please don't send us candy in the P.O. box please don't please don't so now, this this was a topic that was suggested and discussed on the Facebook group. Um, but is, is, and I guess I already know the answer to this question. But aside from, like, don't pop bubbles in someone's face and, like, you know, don't have a mouthful of candy at a job interview or whatever. Like, is there a lot of historical etiquette and manners having to do with, like, chewing gum and candy? There definitely is. Okay. Please tell me about it. Well, let's start because with... Because that's the structure of the show. Yes. 
Let's uh, start with a little bit of history here. Okay. Yes, please. Um, Educate me. Now, humans. I've heard of them, yes. They don't like to chew stuff. Okay. Sometimes chewing stuff is just for fun. Uh-huh. Um, but sometimes chewing stuff is for medicine. Okay. And also sometimes to eat. Another thing human beings have to yes. do. Okay. Um, so there's evidence that the Northern Europeans used to chew birch tar bleh, yeah. as early as 9,000 years ago to relieve toothache. Okay. Did, what, did it have like a kind of numbing quality to it? Was well, it anesthetic? Maybe. I mean, I have heard of willow bark. But that having, isn't willow bark like an aspirin kind yes, of thing? Yeah. Yes. I really, prob- like probably not. Because you think it was maybe just a distraction thing? Maybe Old timey people were really bad at medicine. <laughs> if I've learned anything from salt bones. Yeah. Um, and the oldest piece of this kind of chewing gum was found in Finland. Okay. So, um, after that, I mean, like I said, people been chewing stuff. The ancient Mayans had a gum-like substance that came from the sapodilla tree um, called chicle. Okay. I, yes, I've you heard You may that. have heard of this. Um, it was used to quench thirst and fight hunger, so kind of like... This is something that we'll see later. Um, it makes you salivate. Yeah, so that doesn't really fight thirst. That's that. It, both of them seems kind of like uh, more of a uh, like suppressant rather than an actual yeah, a little like, bit. Because like you would salivate and be like ah some spit, but like that was moisture you already had in your body. Same with like to fight hunger of like well I'm kind of eating something. Yep. You okay. got it. Um, and here was a little, here's a little etiquette nugget as far as chicle goes. Um, so the Aztec were like, we're like, we're cool about chewing gum. But if you're a married woman or a widow or a man, you can only chew it in secret. Because Wait. if you chew gum in public... Um, you are considered to be uh, either a sex worker or effeminate if you're a man. Huh. How odd. Yeah. <laughs> what an odd distinction to make. I know. Um, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it has something to do with um, children were allowed to chew it, right? So maybe it had something to do with chewing it made you appear youthful in the way of like immature or maybe it was like it's like an inane act you know of like maybe of like i don't know that's it's also i mean your mouth you're using your mouth a lot i could understand maybe how a sex sex worker might advertise their services yeah i guess it's just like a weird like if you told me that it was only for sex workers. I'd be like, okay. But then you're like, yeah, sex workers and kids and like single women. I don't know. It's just that weird distinction, you know, of like, but not for you. Mm. <laughs> like, that's weird. It's so weird. Um, Maybe it is like, because like one of the things I always think about is a, like a movie trope, you know, of yeah. like the chewing gum and like blowing bubbles is like kind of shorthand for a slacker. You know, of like a time waster of like 
maybe maybe that dates way way back and it's like gum is for people with nothing better to do and you you got stuff you need to work on and maybe that's it definitely i can see that um so native americans also used to chew a, a type of tree sap or resin the spruce tree had a particularly piney <laughs> taste um, i that is not a, a taste I'd look for in my chewing gum. Yeah, kind of piney dirt, right? Yeah. Um, in the 1840s, a man by the name of John Curtis used this recipe of spruce resin uh, to develop the first commercial chewing gum. He boiled the spruce resin and then cut it into strips coated with cornstarch to keep them from sticking together. Um, but like didn't really work out because it was gross it's gross but it also doesn't really it doesn't really chew you know what i mean it kind of just like sticks betwixt your teeth stick and crack yeah like like uh like when you open a pack of playing cards and there's like or not playing card collectible cards and there's like a a gross stick in there there's some nasty gum in there (laughs) and you bite and it more just kind of turns to powder before your very teeth right uh, so it really wasn't very good. Um, but so he ended up kind of switching up the ingredient ingredients and put paraffin wax in it instead. Okay. Ugh. I also can't imagine that helped the taste. Uh, I does can't. paraffin have a taste? Isn't I paraffin like so. something they use in like candles? Oh, see, I was gonna say, well, yes, candle, but I was gonna say like. I feel like that's also something I've heard in connection to like gunpowder and ammunition. Mm, I don't think so. No, maybe not. Um, okay, so we're we're getting to um, the 1890s and Wrigley's. Yes, I'm aware. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, William Wrigley Jr. <laughs> I like how you just said it like it was in lights. <laughs> Your chewing gum starting on up. Uh, created Juicy Fruit uh-huh. and Wrigley Spearmint and well, later... Juicy Fruit, it's going to move you. Later, Double Mint Gum. Um, but here's the thing. His real triumph was marketing. He would send free samples of this chewing gum uh, to people he found listed in the phone book. Just like random... I mean, down the line. Huh. You get a piece of gum. You get a piece of gum. You get a piece of gum. That I, listen, It. I'm glad that that worked out for him, but that was by no means a guaranteed thing. Then again, I say that, and when we were kids, Justin and I, um, any opportunity we had to get a free sample of something in the mail... We would do it, and like we would get some of the weirdest stuff sent to Justin, specifically Justin <laughs> in the mail. But it was really weird. But anyways, I think that that could have easily gone the other way. Of like, who is this gum creep who keeps sending me their gum? He should be arrested. I don't know him. I'm not going to chew his creepy weird gum. Speaking of weird gum, uh huh. Have you ever heard of blibber blubber? Sorry, one more time. Blibber blubber. Well, I'm going to need to hear that one more time. Blibber blubber. No. It was a gum developed specifically for blowing bubbles. Okay. Um, Developed by... Oh, were you trying to say double bubble? No. <laughs> okay, because you were doing it bad. <laughs> uh, Frank Fleer, 
1906 tried to make a bubbling gum, uh, but it kind of just like was too sticky. It didn't really hold together the way that gum should. You never got the like wad, the wad effect. And the man who created the wad effect in 1928, Walter Diemer, uh, did improve upon this here recipe and turn it into double bubble. Okay, I'm, I I knew it. Okay, I knew I recognized that name. This what? is the connection. Okay, Fleer um, then became known as a maker of sports cards, and they began uh, producing baseball cards in 1923, and that's why they included the gum in with the cards. Oh man, this is how it all. That's this is why, how it all started. Because it started as a confectionery company making gum and then became a sports collectible card company and included the gum with it that's that's how we got it so Boom. if you got one before 1928 you got blibber blubber i don't think they were putting it in there before <laughs> 1928 okay maybe though because they made the cards in 23 maybe but if you got it after 1928 you got double bubble okay and it also says here, because thank you, the Fleer Wikipedia page, that apparently Double Bubble, uh, they made pink, and that's why we think of bubblegum as pink now. Yeah, not because it's flavored pink. No. 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 It just is pink. That's the color they made it. All right. Let's talk about Max Fun. Oh, okay. You know, Max Fun's a lot like chewing gum when you think about it. You sit there, you have it in your mouth all day long. Not the mouth part. You're consuming it. Let me try again. You sit there, you're consuming it all day long. And maybe at a certain point, you don't even think about it. You know, you just are, you know where the gum drawer is in your house and you just know it's going to be there every day. But what's that one day you go to open that drawer and there's no gum there? Oh, heartbreak. And suddenly you think, where's this gum even come from? What have I done lately? To support the gum I care about. The gum that matters to me. The gum that without it I wouldn't be able to get through the day. Well, that's a lot like Max Fun, my friends. Because here's the thing. Max Fun, maybe you love the shows. Maybe shows like My Brother, My Brother and Me. The Adventure Zone. Schmanners, which you're listening to currently. Trends like these. Sawbones. Wonderful. Still buffering. And all the other ones. Maybe they're super important to you. But you know what? You listen to them so much now. That it's a little bit easy to take that for granted. Well... Once a year, for two weeks, we ask you to take a second and really think about how important these shows are to you. If they fill a big part of your life, if you count on them to be there, maybe it's because you like learning new things or because you like, you know, laughing during hard times or you like crying and thinking about, you know, uh, emotions and stuff or whatever. If that's the case, maybe this is the time that you want to consider supporting those shows because it's Max Fun Drive. And that means it's your chance to go to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and consider becoming a donor. And when you do, you'll be asked which shows you listen to. And a portion of your donation will go to support Max Fun and keep the lights on and pay their staff and that kind of thing. But the majority of your donation goes directly to the shows you care about. So if you care about the work that we do and you want to support Schmanners, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And when you do, you'll be asked to pick a level at which you feel comfortable donating, starting as low as $5 a month. And when you donate as low as $5 a month, that's like, uh, what, 
one expensive coffee drink a month. You'll or get three a- packs of gum. Or three packs of gum. That's right, Teresa. You'll get access to over 200 hours of bonus content that you're not going to hear anywhere else. Um, there's also a $10 level that has some really beautiful enamel pens. There's a that you get from your favorite shows. There's a favorite show. There's a, a Schmanner's one that's really cool, and it's that RCP no RCP sign. That was Teresa's idea, and, and designed by Megan Cott, and it's gorgeous. And then at twenty dollars a month, you get the pin, you get the bonus content, and you get access, or you get access to, you get sent. It's not like there's just one of them. You get sent <laughs> your very own puzzle, uh, and it's uh, designed based off of the view from the Max Fun HQ. Uh, at $35 a month, you get the puzzle, you get the pin, you get the bonus content, and you get a really cool mug that's engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. There's other levels, 50, 100, 200, but really we just ask that you consider giving what you can. And you know what? Maybe you're already a member. Maybe you donated in a previous Max Fun drive. But over the years, the shows have become even more important to you, or you started listening to more. Well, maybe it's time to think about upgrading your donation so that you can include even more shows uh, and, and support even more of the shows you love. Uh, so MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. And you know what? Do it now while you're thinking about it, as long as you're not driving, because the Max Fun drive is going to be over soon. Uh, it ends Friday. And when it ends, you're going to lose your chance to get all those cool gifts and your chance to be a part of the magic. This time of year is one of my favorite because it gives me a chance to, you know, tell you all how much it matters to me that you support our shows. And it gives you all a chance to tell us how much our shows matter to you. So one more time, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and consider becoming a donor or upgrading your level today. Thank you. And scene. Okay. More, Teresa. Here's some some chewing gum etiquette. Let's jump in. Okay. To now, my would you mouth. say a lot? Of, no, don't jump into your <laughs> mouth. That's weird, honey. You know that. You knew it as you were saying but gum, it, didn't you? Gum goes in your mouth. I know, but saying jump Jumping into in. my mouth, you see how that's weird, right? You I'm had so to tired. know. So I know. Slap heavy. I, listen, we've been sick, and so we haven't slept well. What is Max Fun Drive? You know, you can't tell people to jump in your mouth, right? Maybe because it's Max Fun Drive, I can't. Tell no, people. Griffin does the vor stuff. We can't do vor stuff. He'll sue us. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, no. Teresa's melted into a puddle. Okay. All right. Chewing gum is a polarizing topic. Did you, could you, go figure. Right? You know what? I'm actually not really surprised by that. Um, It's been going on for centuries. Is is chewing gum okay? Can we do it? Is it the American way? Maybe it is. Because... Chewing gum gained popularity at the beginning of the 20th century for a few reasons. Uh, The first one being, again, it supposedly quenches thirst. Mm. And it does the way that you said it does. It tricks you into thinking that you're not thirsty because you're salivating. So your mouth mouth, isn't dry. Yeah, if you have a dry mouth and you chew some gum or pop some candy in, it'll like wet your whistle. But it doesn't actually generate moisture from anywhere unless it's super juicy fruit unless it's like gum you've soaked in water but that would be gross so water was scarce during world war one because of a particularly nasty tactic by the germans who poisoned much of the water supply Mm. so as they would retreat and leave uh the water supply they would they'd poison it so nobody could come up behind them and use it bummer yeah. Um, so the quartermaster corpse, 
uh, quartermaster core. core, excuse me, shipped out 3.5 million packages of chewing gum. That's a lot of gum. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm sorry. I said I com- I combined World War One and World War Two. Please excuse. World War One uh, was when the Quartermaster Corps shipped out the packages of chewing gum to quench thirst because water was scarce. But in World War Two, the Germans used the tactic of poisoning the water supply, so the American Red Cross sent out even more 4.5 million packages to France and the Allied troops. Huh. Please excuse. That's a lot of gum. You know what? I also bet, and listen, I'm no historian, but I also bet that there was a thing of like, at night, you don't want to light up a cigarette if you're in like the foxhole, you're in the trenches, because they'll see the fire and know where you oh. are. So instead, chew some gum, soldier. Distract yourself from your craving for those cigarette sticks or whatever they called them back then. Sure. Um, there have been some very prominent anti-gum crusaders, one of which being Gertrude Atherton, uh, who was an American writer, intellectual person. Uh, she wrote a scathing letter to the New York Times in 1918. About <clears throat> gum, I assume. Yes. Okay. And it reads, I fear that the French jaw is working as one. That great and generous, excuse me, that great and famous generals in their scant leaves of absence promenade the boulevards grinding away like the historic cow on its cud. Oh, wow. Oh, shades of pre-war Paris, when the world sat to her feet and humbly learned all that it knew of fashion, of style, and supreme elegance. It had been my fond hope that the contact of our boys with the politest nation in the world would send them home vastly improved in manners. Now, on the contrary, the French, in their spontaneous enthusiasm for all things American, were prepared to sit at our feet to imitate us, and this beautiful enthusiasm appears to have done something dreadful to their famous powers of cool discrimination, as well as their ironic souls. Wow. Ooh, she's talking about bubblegum. Yeah, I love the idea that chewing gum has somehow ruined their ironic souls. I know. I cannot be ironic anymore because of the juicy fruits. Uh, What is this accent I'm doing? (laughs) It's it's vaguely French. Vaguely. That's like all of my accents, though, is vaguely (laughs) something. Um, Another anti-gummer, Leon Trotsky. Oh, Okay. For a very similar reason of what you explained earlier, he felt uh, that capitalists invented gum to prevent the working class from thinking because chewing gum gave them something mindless to automatically do. And uh, it promoted mindlessness to such a degree that there was no way that the Russian Revolution could gain any ground if people were still chewing it. Huh. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I have two minds about it, right? Because on the one hand, yeah, chewing gum is pretty, like, on paper, unproductive. Like, it doesn't real, as we said, it doesn't actually, like, hydrate you. It doesn't feed you. But also, like, 
There's tons of stuff you could say that about that's still like fun and cool to do. Yeah, I know. And all Would things- you say the same about the hula hoop, Mr. Right. Trotsky? Yeah, or like, I don't know. I was going to say dancing, but I guess that's exercise. But like, whatever, you know, watching TV, it's fine. I like watching TV. I enjoy Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Do you, you know? do you think that if you watched less TV, you could lead a revolution? I mean, sure. But if I did less naps, I could lead a revolution. There's a lot of stuff holding me back from <laughs> revoluting. Revolving? I think it's revolving. Yes. Re- revolu- revoluting. Revolution- revolutionary. Re- revoluting. Revoluting. Yes, I would revolute <laughs> if it weren't for all the sandwiches I'm eating. You know, fill in the blanks, you know? <laughs> if I hadn't started watching every episode of Supernatural, I could have led six revolutions by now. That was like, what? That's So what you're saying is, Mr. Trotsky, it's working. What? Quitting gum? No, mindlessness. Well, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know if you consider Supernatural mindlessness. Yes, we'll talk I do. about this off air. Okay. Uh, it didn't work. Because both of those opinions were highly unpopular because yeah. chewing gum was so great that in the 1940s, it was just included in, in army rations. Yeah. Like, it was everywhere. Um, and when people came back, they wanted their gum fix. Uh, kids wanted to be like their parents who chewed the gum. Everybody And I also have to mention it. that has to do with, like, especially once you start, um, like, airing, televising, uh, like, baseball games mm-hmm. and stuff where you have people, I mean, chewing tobacco then, I think, but probably also gum. But kids see, like, people chewing on something and they can't use tobacco yet, so they use gum. That's why Big League Chew exists. Anyways. Anyways. Um, I think that a lot of the debate nowadays is really about how you chewing gum affects other people, mm-hmm. which is one reason why the Emily Post Institute says that as long as you chew gum quietly and keep it in your mouth, it's not disrespectful, you know, but don't like twirl it or chew pop and it. pop it or like blow bubbles or whatever. Um, And that mainly has to do with, like I said, like shared spaces, right? So like business meetings, subway cars, uh, if you're eating at a restaurant, study hall, places like that. But like... Do what you want to do with I your gum by hall? yourself. I meant library. I meant yeah, to I mean, say the, the word library. Uh, well, but similar. Okay. Yes. Also, don't do it at a library. Okay. You know, I also, I'm, I, this is one of those times where I'm reminded of the Gene Wilder, Willy Wonka, when it's like spitting is a nasty habit. And he's like, I can think of worse ones, right? That, of right. like, am I saying that chewing gum? No. But you know, a lot of people use chewing gum as like a smoking cessation mm-hmm. and like given the option. I'd much rather have someone, like, chewing gum around me than smoking around me. Or, like, you know, there's worse habits. There are worse habits. It's true. Um, but, like, it's it still continues to be divisive because there is the camp of, well, it's not hurting anybody. And then there's the camp of, yeah, but I share the same space with you and I don't like the sound of it, the smell of it, any of that stuff. So I think that... If you encounter a particularly loud gum chewer, I think there you are two. Have them arrested. <laughs> there are two options. You got to either move, or like to a different state. No, oh. like away. 
until you can't hear it. Oh, well. Pack your bags and move, move away. away. <laughs> or I, I suppose you could ask someone politely um, to chew their gum quieter. Yeah. You know, before we discuss that more, there's a lot of questions about that. But first, while I look up said questions, Teresa, why don't you tell me a little bit about the Max Fun Drive? Well, the Max Fun Drive is our annual pledge drive where we reach out to our listeners and fans of our podcast and ask them to contribute and support our doings on here. And there are several levels at at which one can support. My personal favorite is the $5 level because at the $5 level, you get all of the bonus content. What kind of bonus content, Teresa? Well, there are extra special shows only for donors. There are crossover shows. There are celebrity studded shows. That's true. There are uh, now youtube content yeah that's true we got videos on there yeah so i mean the possibilities are endless well they're not endless there's 211 <laughs> hours it's okay. not endless but yes i see what you're saying there are a lot of not even possibilities they're realities the realities, realities. are limited <laughs> that's not as fun to say as the possibilities are endless but within those limited realities are some really good episodes and stuff and you know what? That's available to every level of donation uh, from $5 to $200. You know what? As long as we're talking about it. So at $50 a month, uh, you're going to get an engraved membership card made of metal for the Max Fund members. At $100 a month, you're going to be a member of the Max Fund Social Club, which means every month uh, a Max Fund personality is going to pick out some kind of media. Maybe it's an album or a book or a movie or whatever, and everybody's going get, to get a copy of it. Oh, I, I want to know what uh, poetry Rachel might pick. Oh, that would be so good. Mm. We'll have to make her do that. And then at 200, you get all, everything we've said, and you get free registration for Max Fun Con 2020, which if you haven't been, Max Fun Con is an absolute blast. But I would say more than anything, even more than the bonus content, the thing that you get is the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing that you helped make more of the content that is important to you. You know, Justin often refers to it as like voting for what you wish there was more of in the world. Mm, I like that. So if you think our shows have a positive impact on your life in whatever form that that manifests, and you wish that there was more content like that, use your money to vote for that and and to make it easier for us to make more content that matters to you. Um, And you can do that by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. I will also say, not everyone's able to afford to donate, and we totally understand that, and you should not feel bad if you can't afford to donate, but you can still help by going to social media and saying, you know, it's Max Fun Drive, here's where we're at, here's where we're trying to get to, if you love these shows, and you should because of this, consider donating, use the hashtag Max Fun Drive, and include the link, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate if you tag me or tag travis we'll do our best to get out there and thank you even if you're just spreading the word um also just because i think the people here that will uh will really like this is we made uh if we hit twenty two thousand new and upgrading donors uh overall for the whole network um justin edited together a 10 minute 
McElroy home video supercut of our first uh, family home video. Um, and it has like three and a half year old Travis, five, uh, six and a half year old Justin, and like baby Griffin. And Aww, some, yeah, it's the like cherubic baby. Like straight up baby Griffin, like one month old Griffin. And it's like some of the first footage of us together um, as three brothers. Um, and we will be releasing that to donors uh, once we hit 22,000 new and upgrading donors. Um, yeah, anyways, if if this is important to you and you want to get in on it, do it right away. Don't wait. Maximumfund.org forward slash donate. Uh, this first question is from Mia. Is it rude not to offer gum if you're having some of your own? Um, I guess the scale is what we should talk about here. If you are having some gum on a bus and there are 50 people on the bus, do you need to offer no, you don't. Um, I could say if you if you really wanted to, you know, make someone's day, maybe offer to the people seated next to you, right in your in your immediate vicinity. Um, but unless you are trying to cultivate a relationship, uh, I would say no. It's it's not rude in any case um, because it's your stuff and. Uh, you can offer gum if you if you want to. Yeah, I would say uh, rude isn't really the word I'd use so much as if like you're sitting there surrounded by friends, right? And you have know, it would be appreciated. Yes, okay. if you would offer it to your friends. But like you know, if you only have like two sticks of gum left and you have eight friends sitting with you, it's probably fine not to offer it to everybody. You know, it's very situational. I wouldn't say it is like categorically rude not to. I would just say like offering to share things with people is always appreciated. That's kind of the way I'd go with it. Agreed. Um, this is from Spinshi. How many candies am I allowed to take from a help yourself bowl of candy at like a doctor's office or waiting room type situation? One. Just one. Just one. Because here's the thing. These are often like grab and go bowls. These are not like sit here and eat it with me bowls. Um so I guess unless you are in the waiting room for a very long time, the amount of time it takes to get through one of these candies and then Jones for another one, you know, um, you really should only take one. And if you are with a small child, you can take one for them, but not too small because that's a joking hazard. Um, but it's not, it's, you know, this is not, like I said, a grab and stay. What did I say before? I don't know. Hang said, out and stay. Hang out and stay. <laughs> I said grab and go and hang out and stay, I think. Yeah. Sure. So just one. Um, let's see. This is from uh, Jar Cup. What's the quietest way to eat candy at the movie theater? I'm worried about annoying people with my wrapper crinkling. Um, if you can, the best way is to unwrap the candy completely. And just have it out. But you're talking there about like individually wrapped kind of candies or whatever. What if yeah. it's just like a, I find that what helps is to kind of roll down the top of the bag and pick out of it. That's actually why a lot of the times now when you uh, see the candy uh, for sale in movie theaters, it's in cardboard boxes. Right. Instead of in, in plastic bags. But, right. But if you are at, at a live theater and you have a peppermint, um, it's to, the best way is to unwrap it completely. 
before the show starts and have it maybe in your hand, maybe in a tissue or yeah. something, um, so that you're not crinkling anything. But here's now off the books. This is unofficial Travis McRoy opinion. If you fail to do that, right, and it's like, oh no, I need a cough drop or candy right now, quick unwrap. Don't yeah. do the slow crinkly unwrap. Oh, Everyone knows worse. exactly what you're doing. Just rip the band-aid off. Right. And it's loud for a second, but then it's done. As opposed to like crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Right. Crinkle, 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 crinkle. And everyone's like, just open it. Just open it. Yeah. Just do it. Um, let's see. This is from Panda. What's the politest way to ask people to stop popping their gum? I have misophonia and usually mm-hmm. saying it makes me panic isn't enough of a reason. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think I, I did. think so. If I didn't, I'm sorry. Um, I don't even know if you need to go so far, but I think that to say uh, why they need to stop popping their gum, um, it's about the way that you say it. I don't think that you... Uh, we talk about this a lot. There's no need to hem and haw and skirt around the bush and be like, mm, could you... Mm, ju- mm, any of that stuff. If you can say, please stop popping your gum, it's irritating. Or just distracting if you don't want to. Sure. If you're worried about using like a loaded word, like you wouldn't want it necessarily irritating and annoying. If you just want to say it's distracting or. But I don't think you have to apologize for any of this. Yes. You don't ever. Never start. I think this is me. Never start a request with I'm sorry. I agree. Um, It just it's it. It just it weakens everything you're about to say. Um, and more often than not, the person will immediately respond like, you don't have to be sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, this is from Party Time Cyclops. If someone asks for a piece of candy that you didn't intend to share, is it okay to say no? Yes, it is okay to say no. Um, I think that you can say something like, I didn't bring enough for everyone or I only brought enough for me or uh, um, I mean I know that I'm I'm usually against kind of like explaining too much you can probably just say no I'm I don't want to share yeah I think that's tough though right it is the thing is is like when it comes to something like sharing I think it's really hard for someone to understand a no without an explanation. Because it's like, may I have a piece? No. Uh, Oh, like, I think it's just everyone's expecting you to say yes. I think you have to say, like, you know, I only have a couple pieces left and it needs to last me through the day or whatever. But I, I do think you need some kind of explanation I didn't bring enough for everybody, whatever. But I, then I don't think or you have I, to. I, I, what about I wasn't expecting to share? That's where I would lean into the, like, if you don't have enough for everybody, pop it. Like, for example, if you're on, like, a long car trip with friends and they're like, oh, we're starving. And you're like, yeah, me too. And you open a bag of candy and they're like, oh, can I have some? And you're like, no. Then, like, yeah. why did you get it out? <laughs> you know, I think it's just if, if you don't want to share you probably shouldn't break it out in front of people who would probably want some. Okay. I can agree with that because it's about the relationship again. Right. Right? Yes. Um, and the closer you are in terms of relationship, the more explanation you can give. Right. Absolutely. Um, this is from George. What is the protocol with regards to eating candy or chewing gum in discussion-based lecture setting? 
Um, if you are the one lecturing, I would say don't uh, because a couple of reasons. It's distracting for the people watching and it can, uh, if something were to, I don't know, get stuck in your teeth or something like that, um, it's distracting for you lecturing. Mm -hmm. Also, it's hazardous because if you need to speak, especially maybe project, um, you could breathe in suddenly and choke on your gum or candy. And I say the same thing for people swimming. You often need to breathe in sharply and you could choke on your gum or your candy. I, but if you are if you are attending a lecture, as long as you don't like knock it around in your teeth or yeah, chew with your mouth open. I have a tendency when it comes to hard candy to crunch it up. I yeah. have a really hard time not. And, and knowing, that's a thing you know about yourself. Yeah, so you so don't I, I wouldn't do it. Um, and I think the same of like unwrap your candy beforehand. Like because that's and especially like especially in a circumstance where people like need to take notes and hear what the person is saying. Mm -hmm. That is it's especially important not to be distracting if you can help it. And so like sitting there unwrapping candy and like crinkling a bunch, I think would be bad form. Um. This is from Holly. If I receive candy as a gift, is it rude to start eating it right away? Should I save it for later or offer to share with the person who gave it to me? Um, it is not rude to start eating it right away. Um, In fact, I would be excited. If I gave somebody like candy or something and they were so excited they immediately tore into it, I would be like, I did great. <laughs> They're excited about it. This is cool. Um, I I would say that if you really enjoy the gift, you you probably would want to share um, but again, it's your gift and you have to weigh the relationship with the person. I mean, candy's great. Yeah. So you know, you I, share it. <laughs> I've been thinking about sharing a lot lately because we're working on it with BB. Mm -hmm. And the thing about sharing that I think is amazing, and this is a great lesson to discuss during the Max Fun Drive, is sharing at first i was having a hard time teaching bb about it right because i'm looking at her and saying like hey give that thing you want to me because i want it right and that that is weird but then i explained to her that in giving that thing to me she makes me happy and then my happiness can make her happy so, like, she started sharing with me, and, like, now she does it, like, on her own, walking up to me and, like, handing me a thing. And I'm so touched, and, like, it's so nice that she's sharing with me that she is happy that I am happy, and she's getting this, like, secondhand burst of happiness. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the thing is, is, like, if I got, if Teresa gave me a gift of, like, chocolates, right, that makes me happy. And then I can immediately like increase that happiness by sharing some with her and making her happy. And now our giving given someone else some of your happiness doesn't decrease your amount of happiness. It creates more happiness in the situation. Happiness is not a limited resource that if you give some away, you lose it. It grows within both of you and now you're both happy and that's more happiness to share with others. So I, I'm of the opinion that sharing is caring. <laughs> I knew it. I knew that was coming. Uh, but on the opposite way, if you don't want to share this candy, uh, 
question asker. Uh, if it is so precious to you that you would like to keep it for yourself, don't open it then. Yes. Wait until later. Um, one last question here. This is from Matt. How do I politely spit out a nasty candy or gum that I had previously asked for? Um, you got to cover it. So tissue or receipt or some like scrap paper or something. Um, put that in your hand. Bring it up to your mouth and discreetly rid yourself of the offending confection. Yeah. And, you know, I would say that if the person is watching, especially if it's like, I want to see if you like this or not. I think it's okay to say, you know, I, this isn't for me. What I would, yeah. and this is another thing we've talked about many times, I statements, like, this isn't a candy I like, as opposed to, this is gross. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, is, like, if I have a candy I absolutely love, and I give you a piece of it, and you don't like it, that's fine. But if I love it, and you tell me it's gross, well, now we have to have an argument about it. But instead, it's not I gross. can just I say, like I don't like this. Right. So I would say it's okay. Everybody doesn't have to like everything, but I would say just be careful how you phrase it instead of like, this is disgusting. Instead say like, this just isn't for me. Word. Uh, That's going to do it for us. But one last time, we want to encourage you, MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Consider becoming a donor and supporting the shows you love. Uh, There's only a limited time left, so don't miss your chance to be part of the action. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Yeah, also... Uh, we're going to be in San Jose and Salt Lake City uh, next week with some shows. Woo-hoo. If you have ideas for topics for future shows, you can uh, email us, uh, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to get tickets to those shows, I think there's some left, but it's not very many. So I would hurry if you plan on coming. Uh, you can go to macroid.family and click on tours there at the top. Uh, that's also where you can get merch and see other projects that we're working on, all kinds of stuff. Uh, Teresa, what else? Well, we always want to thank Brent, Brent of Floss Black, for making our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for our th- Twitter thumbnail art. You can tweet at us at SchmannersCast or our personal Twitters. Mine is Teresa McElroy. And mine is Travis McElroy. Um, we also want to thank Keely Weiss Photography for the cover uh, photo for the fan run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners, which you should join if you are looking to give and get great Schmannerly advice. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.